Hello, everyone, and welcome to The Human Source, a podcast for HR professionals, business owners, managers, and anyone interested in what's going on in the world of people and culture. I'm Steph Kelly, Chief People Officer here at IRIS, and today I'm joined by my wonderful colleague, Caroline Gammon, our HR market specialist. Thank you, Steph, and I'm really delighted to join you today to talk about how we can help fellow businesses and HR professionals. Today we're going to be examining what businesses can do to boost their organisational productivity. With the media sharing panic stories about recession and the very real shortage of people to fill roles, many businesses are thinking about how they can maximise the productivity of their existing people as a means of fueling growth. 100% we'll be exploring the latest industry trends and providing you with tangible advice on how to optimise your current workforce. Well to get us started today Caroline I'm going to be uh, pointing to a few pieces of research and, and getting your opinion on that. So according to the CIPD uh, in their latest survey almost half 45% of UK employers report having vacancies that are hard to fill and almost two-thirds anticipate problems filling vacancies in the next six months. So of course, now more than ever, it's crucial that businesses make the most of the staff that they've currently got in their business and optimising productivity is a priority. What are your thoughts on that? Talking to our customers, you know, it is really difficult with high turnover, employees leaving. I was talking to a law firm yesterday and they were saying that the minute they make an offer, the candidates are being counter-offered by other companies offering a lot more salary. So it's really challenging and it's really difficult for employers to find um, talent and then once they've got the talent, get them on board and retain them. You know, looking after your talent is really important so that you don't lose them in the first place. Absolutely. And in in terms of productivity, I thought four areas that we would um, discuss today is hybrid working and the effect that has on productivity. Also about hiring correctly in the first place and hiring for culture rethinking organizational structures and then how automation and tech can help. Uh, So if we start with hybrid working and productivity, has the world changed? The world has changed and you know it's crazy that we needed a pandemic to change the way HR operates and the way businesses operate. Um, I remember being an HR professional and having challenges in HR not knowing how we would change and then suddenly the pandemic came and suddenly we're doing amazing stuff. The world is is actually a better place now. So hybrid working in terms of uh, businesses allowing their employees to work, they have found that it does actually work. And a lot of companies are not asking their employees to come back to the office. And employees themselves are now demanding they have this flexibility of working from home. So if you're trying to recruit and you're not offering it as a USP, it it could be a result that you're not getting the talent that you want. So hybrid is definitely something that's there. And how do we manage productivity? Well, you know, um, prior to the pandemic, it was viewed that you have to be at your desk so that we understand what you're doing and achieving results. But we've noticed that if you give your employees that free range to deliver tasks and objectives, you give them that empowerment, they actually embrace that and deliver more. So overall, we've been finding that productivity increases when you do give your employees that self-respect. I read an article this week of quite a famous CEO who uh, found his employees, I think, on the beach or something on a Friday, and he's now demanding that everyone comes back to the office. And I was thinking about that, and I was thinking perhaps, you know, productivity in hybrid working 
it does work, but I don't think you can imagine or expect necessarily people to be working the same patterns nine to five or nine to five thirty, Monday to Friday. So for me, definitely here at Iris, we have seen uh, productivity increase or stay the same with home working. But I also think that it's helped with work-life balance, which makes people happy. And if people are happy, then they're more productive. But I do think back to my point that you can't just do the same nine to five thirty. You could be even more flexible when you do do your hybrid working. One of the really important things for me around productivity and increasing productivity in small and medium-sized businesses is to make sure that you hire the right person from the get-go. So someone who's going to be a great fit with that job, who's going to come to work bouncing every day, wanting to do an amazing job, and also someone that appreciates the culture that you have created in the workforce. So you're starting with a great foundation. What do you think about that, Caroline? Well, definitely. Um, Getting the right people on board, making sure they understand your culture, but obviously you need to somehow portray that culture to them so that you understand that mix. But again, it it goes back to that. There there are a few candidates out there. Absolutely. So getting the right person for the job, and that depends on creating a fabulous culture. Uh, I think that's really important here for us at Iris, because if you have that great culture where people want to come to work, every day they're also going to be wanting to give their best and go the extra mile which which of course is another definition of great productivity right people who are giving their discretionary effort and doing more and more for you one of the things that we have recently implemented here at iris which i think suits big companies and suits small companies and everything else in between is okrs which it stands for objectives and key results What do you think about uh, setting objectives in terms of productivity, Caroline? It's really important to set objectives and to make it clear to employees, um, you know, what is the the overall objective of of the department or the goals that they're working for and how does that contribute to the strategic goals of the company so they understand how they're contributing to the bigger picture. But the way that we're finding is that the way performance, if you like, was done in the past where it might have been an annual review, These sort of things are changing in that it's now more task orientated and it's better to manage more tasks rather than an annual review. So we're getting customers coming to us saying, you know, instead of doing an annual review, we want to change our performance model so that we can be task orientated or project orientated and then evaluate people based on how well they performed in in small groups and performance. In that way, you know, you're monitoring and nurturing performance as it goes along. And with homeworking, there's a, a bigger challenge around how do you do that? It was all very well, you know, when you see individuals at work, you could track them and, and it, dis, it, it requires a different management style making sure the manager stays in, in contact and making sure that the outputs of the objectives are delivered in a different way. What I really like about OKRs is it's, it's really helped us as a business focus on three or four things that really matter to us. And then uh, from the big kind of corporate objectives, it's really helped us cascade down the objectives and the, the SLAs and the KPIs that are going to support us in achieving uh, those bigger objectives. And I think that's really important to have uh, the SLAs in place, you know, whether they're about quality or whether they're about quantity, and also general KPIs as well. I think uh, businesses do need these things to make sure that they do have the right measures in place and productivity is on track. Yes, definitely. You know, if you don't have a, if you don't have a roadmap in front of you, where is the business going to go? And it's not just 
you know, the larger corporations, small companies need to have that roadmap. Um, you know, even just your HR department as an HR professional, you know, get your team together, tell them what is your strategy for it, set your quarterly objectives, and then give each one ownership to their own objectives, and then celebrate success when they achieve those objectives. So you're going along a journey, you're doing small milestones to achieve the bigger objective, and then you're recording that and you're reporting that to the wider business. So then the wider business can see how each department is contributing to the bigger goal. So whether you're a large corporation or a small corporation, this performance tracking is really important and it's important for the individual. The individual needs to understand and feel that their contribution is being valued. Did you want to talk about the role of the manager in all of this? Yes. What What is quite interesting is, I don't know if any of my colleagues listening to the podcast went to the CIPD festival work and one of the things I got out of the festival was that, you know, there's a discussion about the demise of the manager with the new world of work and the new structures is it um, that organization structures are no longer hierarchical but becoming flatter and we call it the demise of the manager and what is really important and um, what a lot of thought leaders are saying is that you really need to understand who your employees are so now during the pandemic for example we got to learn more about our colleagues than we have ever done before. For example, we were in their homes, we saw their dog, we saw their hobbies, that we we got to know them on a on a different level. And equally we got to know some of their different talents because maybe if a team member left that department, they might have had to take on new responsibility. So what people are saying is that it's really important that in order for you to get the best productivity out of an individual, you need to understand all their attributes, all their talents, all their key strengths. So it's not just the key strengths for that job. So if you're an HR professional, it's not just that you can tick the boxes for being an HR. You might have other talents that might suit doing other things. So understanding the whole person and their talents is really important and keeping this as a talent matrix or a skills matrix and then allowing them to bring their whole self to work. And so then we come to the demise of the manager and what they're saying is, is that instead of having a line manager, you have teams that are created. So if there's a project, you appoint a manager or a leader of a team and then they go out and recruit individuals to join their team and to deliver that project. And the projects are time censored. And then after that, end of that project, the individuals have their performance evaluated on how they contributed and then other projects start and during that whole process different individuals get the opportunity to be have do management skills get the opportunity to do skills that they might not have done in their normal day job and in that way you're creating smart teams who are, are really engaged and motivated and want to deliver this project that they've been in a sense self-elected for And it does look like it could be a a new way to ensure um, enhanced productivity in organisations. So Steph, thinking about how productivity is supported and how how we get the best out of employees, how do do companies then um, prove that return of investment? How, How do you prove to the board that the employees that you've recruited, that they are the right and you're delivering against your strategic objectives? Yeah, great question. So... Um, in, in lots of the companies that I've worked for, the statistic that's used is revenue per employee. Um, and uh, that's been pretty consistent when I've worked in businesses in the US and also in businesses in uh, the UK as well and in Europe. 
Um, it is, of course, only one measure. And I read an interview with, I think it was the uh, CEO of Timpson's Shops that measured productivity in a different way. He measured productivity by the number of cars in the car park. And he said that if his revenue was remaining the same and his car park was looking full, he knew that he had a problem with productivity. So I do think, you know, revenue per employee is great and you can use that whether you're kind of small, medium or large. But if you're super small, you do need other um, ways to measure productivity. So for me, that would be all about, you know, setting your benchmark right at the beginning. What is it that you need that employee to do? How do you know if that performance is really, really good? And then how are you going to reward and reinforce that great productivity? So there are lots of different measures. Uh, some of them that we've touched on today and some of them that are about, you know, how quickly you answer the phone, you know, how you are rated for your CSAT, how many things you produce in an hour. So there's all sorts of all of those more traditional metrics that you can use as well to measure productivity. For me, um, one of the things that I've done is that I would look at, for example, in an HR department, one of the metrics that I would look at is how many HR to how many employees. And we have got a tool called the HR Success Planner. And we look at how many HR professionals do you have in your HR team and then what are the outputs you're getting. So if you look at your core HR function and then your strategic HR functions such as engagement, well-being, communication, all those extra things, how, how happy are you in terms of what you're achieving? And what we're finding is, is that to enable your employees to be more productive, especially in the in the HR and payroll sphere, automation is definitely the driver. And by automating the back office and the administration, we can empower and, and give uh, the HR team more time to do those soft people skills that they wouldn't alternatively have. And I can remember a time when as you know, an HR professional where, quite honestly, I felt like I was chained to my desk. I had to do these multiple spreadsheets. I had to work out salary increases. And there was lots and lots of administration. Um, so through the automation of technology and by using technology in a wise way, organizations can you know, introduce workflows that help do the processes and in so doing, give their employees time so that they can do more value add. Um, to what extent in your HR team has automation helped you in terms of enabling your HR team to deliver? Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, one of the questions we always ask ourselves in HR is, what app can we use? What bit of technology can we do to make us better at our jobs? Um, and we come back to, you know, looking at those three areas, you know, the systems, the process and the people. And when you were talking there, uh, one of the things that I was thinking is about the push or the pull of tech. So, you know, is it up to the you know head of HR or the production manager or the line manager to come up and find a new piece of software? Or actually what I think might be more effective is that uh, the people doing the jobs themselves ought to be asked on a regular basis, what can we do to make your life easier? You know, what's, what, what changes to processes can we put into place? You know, what kind of systems can we go out there and have a look at or even develop ourselves that's going to make your life easier and more productive? So I do think there is a element of some of the answers are kind of there if we were only to ask people what their thoughts are on, on being more productive themselves. Yes, um, well, 
what we find is that um, companies, you know, they're looking for automation, they're looking to go on the cloud, and they're looking for the benefits of flexible working and enabling, you know, employees using the cloud to, to work from anywhere with, you know, self-service. But what what is really critical in order to improve productivity is that when you introduce systems to automate your whatever you're doing, whether it's payroll, HR, accountancy, finance, don't try and push your current processes into a system. Don't, you know, don't come and take the opportunity to do some real transformation. And that, that goes back to what you said, Steph. Get, get together with your teams and, and look at the processes that you use and try and eliminate parts of the process that, you know, you really don't need to do that bit. Try and make it smarter. Try and make it more beneficial. So when we see customers buy software, a lot try and go down the, you know, put their processes into the system. And we're trying to push back and say, look, use the opportunity to really transform your processes and really make a difference. You know, systems are built up with best practice. So for example, you can buy software and actually just plug and plug and play, if you like. And the plug and plays are best practice. And that and that drives you to doing it in a in a set way. And if you do that, you're going to you're going to save some time and increase productivity and then have more time to do other stuff. Excellent. I'm, I'm looking at a bit of um, a study here from the CIPD, actually, which uh, was about performance benefits from technology investments. And the most common benefits of introducing AI robots and automation were improved quality of goods or service. Fifty two percent of people agreed with that. Reduced costs. Thirty seven uh, percent of people agreed with that, and also increased revenue, 34%. Uh, so all of these things are going to make businesses more successful, more productive. So given all those amazing statistics about the benefit of tech, what else, uh, what else are you seeing, Caroline, that uh, businesses benefit from from these techs? Well, obviously, the main thing that, you know, companies are putting in in tech because of the analytics that come out and the reporting that comes out is is really critical because that demonstrates what you're achieving and HR for example have to provide information statistics in a timely manner HR systems for example some of these reports are already set up so it gives great data for making strategic decisions and in that way HR get a better place to be a business partner and that's really important uh, that businesses understand where they're, where they're performing well so then they can make adjustments. Excellent. Thank you very much. So today we have learned about getting the right employees. We think uh, an amazing fit with the job, an amazing fit for the company is a great foundation for ensuring the most productivity from employees. Also, of course, creating a fabulous culture where employees want to work. They want to work hard and they want to give their best. And that's all about creating a really great culture that is caring, family feel, good friends at work, interesting jobs, etc. We also talked about reviewing systems and processes and streamlining to make sure that those elements of work that can be done by automation are done by automation so that we can free up our uh, wonderful employees to do what they do best. We talked a little bit about the productivity measures that are important, you know, identifying what they are and then measuring them. So what SLAs or KPIs are most important to your business. We also talked about the concept of OKRs and objectives. And finally, we touched on the importance of praising, 
thanking and recognising employees' performance and their immense contribution to improving productivity. Thank you very much for listening today. If you found this valuable, please subscribe to our channel and don't forget to follow us on socials.